I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Folks, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, February 14, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. And I think the market sits at a critical point right here, right now. So we're going to get more into that. I started to allude to that over the last couple of days, and I still think that is the case. What I do think is the market is more likely to make a bigger move than it is to just stay where it is and go sideways. I'm going to get a little bit more into that as we go along, and I'm going to discuss both the short and the long-term possibilities. We'll kind of draw out some schematics. We'll go over the important numbers, and most importantly, tomorrow being Friday, The weekly close will be extremely, extremely important and will be an important tell of where we're headed next. Now, before we get to the meat and potatoes, let me first take a pause and thank everybody who makes posts and comments underneath the video every single day. I love the interaction. I love the banter back and forth. Please continue to do so. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Here's the important thing to remember with that. Only give it to your friends. Don't give it to your enemies. All right, let's take a snapshot of where we are on the daily chart. We're basically in the same place we were yesterday, only a little bit lower. We're above the 200-day moving average. That's good. That's a positive. We're also still above the closing price from a couple of days ago when we ran back up to the 200-day moving average. Is that always significant? Not necessarily. I think it's significant here for a couple of reasons. And they really are nothing new, but I think they're worth mentioning again because you can see how it all comes together. You start to see how I piece these puzzles together based on what I think is important at the time It's part science, part art form, but nevertheless, we always have the benefit after the fact of finding out exactly what was most important and what wasn't. So the reason why I think that's important now is we took a run at the 200-day moving average and were rejected. That's fine. We know about that. Now we ran back up there and we closed basically on it a couple of days ago, got above it, put in that doji candle yesterday. Now we started to come back down this morning. The market had an opportunity to sell, but rally back to close above the 200-day moving average. I think that's important, and that's another reason why I think it's important that coincides with that closing price from a couple of days ago. That's why I hold some of the importance there. It all has to do with the same thing of where we are currently. Now, why do I think we're less likely to stay where we are and more likely to have a move either in the up or the down direction, right? It could be north, it could be south. I'm still in that camp, and I'm still in the camp. I'm expecting a move, and I'm also still in the camp that we're in the time zone for a turn. So the move could be a blow-off move. It could be a finishing move to the upside, and then we could see a reversal. Or we could have already seen a top yesterday That's completely possible 
doesn't have to necessarily be long-term, but it could be for several days or even longer. We're going to talk more about that as well. I'm going to draw out a little schematic of a couple of ideals, not ideas, but ideals, meaning idealized pathways that the market can take. In fact, let's go ahead and do that. So I'll move the chart over, and we know that number one is the market can certainly continue higher. So that's item number one. Where would it go on the upside? 278, 279, 280. Somewhere in between this area, there is likely to be a lot of overhead resistance. Nothing new. We know about that. Last night, we talked about that five-point move in either direction. So could have gotten underway this morning, but it didn't. We ended up having much-to-do-nothing type of day. The S&P was down seven points. The transports were up. The Dow was down 100. The Nasdaq was up a handful of points. So it was a much-to-do-about-nothing day, which also gives us a clue as well. But we also have in mind that if that move that I am expecting does come in and it does come to the downside, same thing applies. There's a gap. There's the moving averages. So somewhere in that neighborhood of 270, 271, in that zone, we're likely to find support. Now, how do you know we're not finding support? So let's say hypothetically that is taking place and you're trading it or you would like to trade it. You're watching the market. You see price falling. What are some of the things that you can look at to say, I'm interested to get into this trade for X, Y, and Z reasons or I'm going to step aside because ABC happened? What exactly is ABC or XYZ? Well, here's where a first thing we'll do is go down to an hourly chart. Wait a minute. I just got out over my skis. I was about to show you a couple of other things, and I got off track. However, look how I caught myself. That's pretty good. All right, so let's get back on track with the other things. So we know up. We already know about that. Down, we know, can come down here. But that's if it happened in the near term. Let's go out a little bit and say, what else can happen in this or on this daily chart? Even though... The weekly chart close is going to tell us a lot, right? The price that the weekly chart closes at is going to provide me information that I can use. But we want to keep track of where the market is. The market is bullish. The market's in an uptrend. So even if we come down, we could still do something like this. And what would that be indicating that the market wanted to do? Well, it would essentially have built a flag pattern, right? We can call it whatever we want. And that would normally break to the upside. And if that happened for a long extended period of time, then this 278 to 280 level becomes less likely to be overhead resistance the longer this flag pattern would extend for if that were to happen at all. That's scenario number two. Scenario number three is we either find a top or have found a top and we're going down, and I'll have some numbers on the downside, some target numbers, if in fact that's the case, because if we are going down, and we have topped out, and it's going to be the turn that I'm expecting, we should have a few weeks at minimum of downside. It's not set in stone yet, we just don't know yet. Could be from current price, could be from higher price, need to see the weekly close. Right now, it's just throwing a dart. Now, we were going to take a look at the hourly chart because we want to discuss 
Let's say the market is coming down. How do we know we're going to find support? Or at least we don't necessarily know we're going to find support. But what can we use to determine whether a market is failing and we have to step out or get out of the way? From a support perspective, there really are three general zones. So you're going to have this area right here. That would be where the market gapped up to. So that's going to be an important price on the way back down. It's considered a breakout area of sorts. Or maybe better stated, I would consider it maintaining where we went to after breaking out. So I'd rather consider this a range. Breaking below the low end of the range would be the first bearish indication. Then you have what really is obvious to the naked eye, which is the gap right here. That's also or is the breakout, right? So that's where the market broke out. We broke up or gapped up. So if we come back, we're coming back to test that gap or that breakout area. That's important. That should hold. If that doesn't hold and the low of that candle right to the left of it does not hold and for argument's sake that's 270 the actual number is 2703 if 270 doesn't hold that's more trouble that smells like trouble and when i say holding i'm talking about hourly closes that 270 also coincides with an hourly chart 100 period moving average so that's pretty interesting so that level should hold from a support perspective but you have to see it in real time. Decisions are always made in real time. The rest of the numbers we'll have to save for inside the numbers, folks. Drilling down to a 10-minute chart, looking at the close today, again, not a favorable close. You can see the market trended down for the last 20 minutes of the day. There's always a method to the madness. So I want to show you why I brought up the 10-minute chart. Really, not just to show you the end of the day. Everybody knows the end of the day finished poorly if you were watching the market. The most important thing that I wanted to show you, look at how the market, or the spider in this case, was consolidating sideways for a long, long time. After the early morning decline, after the phony economic data at 8.30, that's what caused the gap down. The market recovered, and by the way, the price targets or price levels that the SPY or ES traded to were also noted inside the numbers, A, before the market opened, and B, in the midday update. I'm going to show you that in a moment. I think it's important. But here's the other thing that's important. Look at this candle right here, this spike up. Just in a couple of minutes, we ran up to test the high of the breakdown candle and the market failed. Pretty interesting in and of itself. Not that it was really tradable unless you were already long and were exiting at that high, which was certainly possible, but it did happen very quick. So when I said untradable, I'm specifically talking about from a shorting perspective. A trader was certainly long through this if they were looking for a rally higher into the end of the day. So they had to have exit orders in place or you never caught the exit. Just for kicks, here's a one-minute chart and you can see it ran all the way up there three minutes and then dropped right back down. So if you went to take a leak or ran out to get a cup of coffee, you missed the boat. Just a little wrap-up on the daily chart of the spider before we move on to something else. And that is... We're expecting some news, and I hate to talk about the news. It really makes my skin crawl, but I just find it interesting that I find through my work 
that we should be in the time zone for a turn. And we're also waiting on this whole hokey government shutdown, China-related trade war news that comes in and out of the news every single day. So I just find it interesting that we seem to be culminating at a point in time when we should be culminating. So we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. It's interesting. Tomorrow is a possible for a move. You never know what can happen on a Friday. And then if I'm not mistaken, the markets are closed on Monday and quirky things do happen or tend to happen over three-day weekends. So the market will open back up Tuesday and we can certainly wake up to a Tuesday surprise in either direction. That's the problem. I'll have more on the weekly close. Net-net, the trend is up. The trend is your friend until the end. The market is bullish, but we can certainly have some kind of a drop, pullback, little correction that's not out of the ordinary, and it's not out of the realm of possibility in the short term. How about inside the numbers? How's that doing? By the way, continuing education. There's not a ton back here yet, but I'm continuing to make additional videos that are learning opportunities. These are lessons. Some are short, some are long. These are all lessons. This is good information back here. Now let's check inside the numbers. And so we'll start with the pre-market morning notes. So the market started getting a little bit whippy around the release of the phony economic data at 8.30. So um, I'm not going to bore you with the details. But what I will bore you with is I want to point out this paragraph here that says, the bulls have to hold 27.42 on hourly closes. These numbers can all be translated and are translated in here inside the numbers to the SPY. Failing to do so could bring a slide all the way back down to numbers discussed last night. In fact, I listed one ES2730 and even lower. Now, I have to do this one time. You have to give it to me one time. Here's a daily chart of the ES contract. Let's move it over and let's check out what the low of the day was. The low of the day was 27.30 and a quarter. Here's a 10-minute chart of the ES, 9.50 a.m., the low, 27.30 and a quarter. That was posted before the opening bell. Now, was I 100% sure that the market was going to stop at 27.30? Of course not, but it was a support area. That's why I put it there. Now, let's check out some other stuff. We had some morning gap trades. We had six and we had NTAP. They both hit their price targets. So we'll take a look at the charts in a moment. Then we scroll up and we had some stocks on the move. We had a little bit of a laundry list this morning, stocks on the move, but most didn't hit their price objectives. So be it. I just take what the market is offering in terms of stocks that are moving that qualify for what I'm looking for from a support perspective. The market is in an uptrend, so that's why each and every morning I'm still looking for stocks that are trading down into support. If the trend was down, we may have more stocks that might be gapping higher, looking to trade them short, gapping higher into a resistance area, looking to short them. But right now, the better bet is to look for stocks that are trading down and we're still in an uptrend. So therefore, they're likely to have a rally at some point during the day after finding low. If I can identify where that low is, we usually have a pretty good trade on our hands. So two hit their price targets, AIG and MGM. Another one looks like it might have. It shows open, but I will go over it. It was KO 
Coca-Cola. The first one real quick we'll look at is Six Flags. There were two targets listed on the webpage for the morning gap trades, 55.33 and 53.41. The 55.33 was deactivated, meaning it was a no trade. We looked down to the second level at 53.41. If you don't know why, it's in the course at Lazy Gap Trader. Now, following the 53.41, the stock actually went slightly lower than we would have liked. But look what happened after the fact. You can see that that price level or price zone down there was certainly supportive of the market. The stock was up at about 56.50 within a couple of hours. The next one up was NTAP. That was another morning gap trade. The target was $61.47. You can see where the stock closed yesterday. All the way up here on close at $67.40. So the stock was getting creamed at the open. 61.47 was the number. You can see what happened. The rest is history. The stock was over 63 in minutes. Sometimes I like to look at some of the ones that could have been. I'm not going to do this a lot, but 1270 was the target on Fossil. So it came down to 1298. Didn't quite get there. And look where it finished. 15 and a quarter. That's quite the rally on a stock that was about $13 same day. But the reason I bring it up is sometimes we do catch those. AIG, not very good. I took a loss, didn't work, rallied back, even to frustrate me more and other traders, I'm sure. I get it. It just didn't do what the work told me it was going to do this morning. And this is it, folks. We're not going to win every trade. That's just the way it is. And just to add salt to the wound, I get stopped out and they rally the stock all the way past the entry just to rub it in my face. Trick, trap, fool, and frustrate. The only thing you can do is forget it and move on. There's another trade around the corner. Look at that. There was another trade right around the corner. 27.50 entry. Never got stopped out. The stock rallied all the way back up to 28. And the stops are there for a reason. They're in specific locations for a reason. Let me explain that for a moment. So the stop here was an hourly close below $27. Look what the low is here. 2701. What's the low here? 2701. So what we want to do is buy as close to risk as possible. Now, did I know the stock was going to go down all the way to 27? No, but that was my hourly close stop out. So when the stock came closer to 27, does a trader have an opportunity to buy more closer to risk? And the answer is yes. It's not for everybody. It's just an idea. You have to realize that part of trading, a big part of trading, is making uncomfortable decisions all the time. Now, here's another one that we'll discuss. It was Coca-Cola. The price target was $47.25. The stock ended up gapping below that price level. So what happened was, as the stock was melting away close to the opening bell, rather than moving numbers around, I decided to leave it alone. We'll just call it a no trade. If it's opening below a target price, we just leave it alone or we look to the next target price. In this particular case, there was not a secondary target price. It just became a no trade. So out of today's activity, we had two morning gap trades that hit their price targets. We had AIG, that was not a good opportunity for yours truly and others, I'm sure. We had MGM, that was also a positive trade. So once again, three out of four 
technically worked out. What do we see when we look over at the daily chart of the IWM? Well, we see what looks very similar to the SPY, the S&P 500 chart. The IWM was actually down earlier with the spider, actually rallied first, was positive much more than the spider, and then fell off at the end of the day to finish basically up slightly from yesterday's close. But it was up from yesterday's close. So we had another closing high in the IWM. That's a bullish sign. Just think about that logically or from a common sense perspective. If a market or a stock, a chart, doesn't matter what time frame we're looking at, if a chart continues each candle closing higher than the previous candle closed, is there any way to look at that bearishly? That in and of itself, the answer is you can't. But look where we went today. What was the high? The high was 154.37. What's the high over here? 154.48. That's what's called an attempt at the high. Just that high in particular. So right now, the IWM is not giving me any bearish sign whatsoever. That's just what the chart says. You take it for what it is. Over in the transportation department, what have we been talking about with the transports? The 200-day moving average. Where did we go today? The 200-day moving average. You really didn't have to have a crystal ball to know that probably 80% chance or more that we were going to get to the 200-day moving average one way or the other once we started there a couple of days ago. Any bearish signs on the transports? No, we're into resistance, meaning the 200-day moving average, but it doesn't really have to be big resistance. If we get a spike in the markets, if the S&P is going to go northbound 5 points or 50 handles, for example, that we discussed, then the transports are going along with it. If they're going down, the transports are going along with it. That's the way the market works. They're all, meaning all the indexes, are going to trade together on those bigger moves. How about the technology space, the triple Qs, the overweighted index that has mainly five to six or seven stocks in it, everything else accounts for about 20 to 25% of the index. But nevertheless, we'll talk about it anyway. You know, that's some tongue-in-cheek in there. We're riding underneath the 200-period moving average. It's either going to be resistance or it's not we're either going to bust through or we're not we got to fill this gap which still was not filled yesterday remember that if we fail we fail but this market is in an uptrend and this market is telling us it's got higher prices to come now there may be a reset and that would be that down move we were talking about but right now this is bullish behavior not bearish uh-oh warning sign xlf that's not bullish behavior from today's standpoint. There's a couple of things going on. So I can do this one of two ways. I can do it bullish. I can do it bearish. So what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to do both. The bullish is easy. Nothing's going on. Nothing's wrong. This is bullish. This is a flag pattern. This is doing nothing other than consolidating to go higher. That's simple. What's the bearish case? Well, I don't love the fact that we closed below here, right? So the 12th, the candle low was 25.93. We closed at 25.88. And you and I both know that they had every opportunity to close wherever they wanted when they're pennies away. They chose the downside. I don't like that. That's negative. Then you have these moving averages. They closed under those. I don't like that. That's negative. They filled the gap. Maybe that's all they were going to do. We'll see. 
If that's all they were going to do, then that's it, and they'll continue to either go higher or sideways. But I'm watching the financials very, very closely. In fact, I'm watching them like a hawk right now. How about the SMH? Bullish or bearish? The opposite of what we just discussed. This is bullish. Look what we just did. We closed above yesterday's closing price. That can't be bearish, but we would have liked to see, for more bullish behavior, a close above yesterday's high. That didn't happen. We tested it, made an attempt, but this can't be bearish. Certainly, the SMH is in a bullish position. And folks, we're going to wrap it here tonight for two reasons. This video is long in the tooth. Nothing happened in the gold market. I'll leave oil alone. I'm sorry, but here's the thing. I have to run. I've got to get a Valentine's card. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.